good morning. Good morning. I love this book, Aloha. I was just talking about Maui, so I appreciate that little sign from the universe. <laughs> yes, I love uh, when the universe gives us little nods. The other day, I was like, oh, I need some breadcrumbs, universe. And then they sprinkled a few that day. I was like, yes, it's a two-way, you know, between us and, and the universe, all that is, the source. Um, but yeah, welcome, everybody, to our third and final episode in this series, all about the victim triangle. The first episode, we talked about being a victim or being in the victim energy. We talked about being a rescuer, savior. And today, ooh, hoo, hoo, we're talking about the persecutor. I like to call it the villain. When you're playing the villain for somebody or somebody's being a villain for you and oh, this energy is so heavy for me um, and something I've definitely uh, battled uh, throughout my life and something I'm very aware of. Um, but uh, yeah, do you have a mug for today, Lisa? I do. I have my this morning mug. <laughs> and I didn't even do that on purpose. I just looked at it just now. But this is my from our original morning show. <laughs> Ah, yes. Oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> Great minds think alike. I, I love this. I love this. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah. The energy is so dang funky. And uh, I know that this content is evergreen, so we won't you know, necessarily get into the specifics of what's going on in the energy field today. But um, it's, a, it's an interesting and wild time to be alive. Um, but I think we all selected to be here and learn lessons. And as I often say, I was probably incredibly intoxicated. I, I would like to think it was like vodka soda with lime on the other side, <laughs> kicking back and like, sure, send me in, I'll go. And then I'm sitting here like sober. <laughs> like, oh boy, what the hell did I do? <laughs> That's a good way to put it. I think I was like, oh, yeah, 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 I'm going. But I think I made a lot. I was like, these people better come with me. I've got to go do this. And so I think I drugged some people with me. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Because I know I wasn't doing this alone either. Absolutely not. Um, so, yeah, you were showing the, the victim triangle. And, yeah, welcome, everybody that's tuning yeah. in live. Uh, you showed the dreaded drama triangle and the persecutor is the energy that we're going to be talking about today. And I went back and forth on my example of, because <laughs> I have so many <laughs> around the villain persecutor energy. And listen, I am no saint. I am sure there are people in this world today that would point at me and say, she's this, she's that, right? Mm. But I've played both sides of this energy. Um, but my example, I was sitting with it again this morning. I just changed my example. And I thought me being bullied in school was definitely one of these times that I could point back to. I mean, it was uh, several females, um, little girls, right? Like I remember uh, elementary school being incredibly brutal for me. And there was a time when there was a boy in one of my classes. I want to say this was probably about fifth grade. And he sold me the moon and the stars. Now, I'm a little kid, right? <laughs> and so is he. But he tricked me into thinking he liked me. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, oh, I've got a crush on you. I want you to be my girlfriend. And like, I bought it, but I was always made fun of. Right. So I was like, oh, finally, like somebody likes me. What I didn't know at the time is that he went and told my classmates that it was a joke. How could he ever like me? Mm. And everyone was laughing behind my back. And then, of course, the reveal comes and he says, oh, I was just joking. I would never want you to be my my uh, young girlfriend. Right. Um, But I can point to other things that people said and did um, that were were very, very mean. And I've carried a lot of that through. I, I think today, as I sit here giving that example, um, I've done a lot of work around my own healing and my own worth and my self-confidence. But I can point to things that even happened in my life, you know, four or five years ago that were a direct reflection of still feeling not worthy. Um, mm-hmm. But the bullying is the example um, that I would give just a reminder to myself and to anybody that resonates with this example, anybody that's mean or bullying, it is a projection of their own insecurity, but it took me a really long time to not only understand it, but to believe it. So that's my example. Whew, man, I, I can relate. I appreciate you sharing that because I can definitely relate to uh, the bullying and, you know, I was thinking about what I wanted to share for my example, because the, the, the first two, I used the same example, you know, with the house cleaning and how I was the victim and then the savior at the same time. And, you know, I was definitely the persecutor being mad about it. But what I wanted to share is, you know, this, this denial of our own intuition, our own discernment, because for me... When I found myself in the persecutor role where I've been angry at somebody or, you know, it's like that. I always think like it's such a teenager thing, but it's like the you finally tell somebody off. Right. Like that's that's the the immature energy of it. And it always comes from me seeing and understanding that what's happening is not okay. And, and not saying it and not listening to myself and not ending the relationship or whatever it is. And then all of the sudden I become the persecutor. And I think of one of my ex-boyfriends for sure. Like um, he just kept taking advantage and I, I understand why, and I understand why I allowed it to happen but I watched it kind of like you watch a speeding train coming towards you, but you don't move out of the way. And then when I finally got angry and let out what I was feeling, it was incredibly hurtful to him. And of course the relationship ended, you know, from that. And that persecutor, I I share that because I think we often become the persecutor because we're denying our own emotions. We're denying our own intuition. We're, and, and how many times do we say to our girlfriends after a relationship or after, you know, whatever kind of experience we're like, I knew it, like I saw this coming or, you know, I knew the red flags and I ignored them anyways. Like, and so I think that the persecutor, when we talk about like self-inquiry, part of why I brought this up is because 
I think the persecutor role is really inviting us to really step back and listen to what we know inside of ourselves and to trust that. And that's part of this great awakening, you know, is to really step back. It's really easy to persecute mainstream media or to persecute the government, right? They're hurting us or taking advantage or whatever they're doing. But what are we doing? And are we listening to our intuition before we engage in certain things, um, you know, that, that was my example. So for anybody out there who's been in that position where you have blown up at a friend or, or a lover or whatever, you know, think back and ask yourself, you know, did you know, you know, and did you deny what you were feeling for so long that you blew up? Because that is absolutely what has happened to me many times. So the challenge is to step back and really notice much sooner and be discerning from the beginning. I love that example because I think all of us can relate to that. And it's true. Um, I know at least for me, you know, you keep getting it thrown at you. You said like a speeding train coming at you. And unless you're really using discernment and mm -hmm. trusting how you feel and you stop it earlier with your boundaries, you might get bulldozed. And then of course you're going to blow up and get angry. Um, I love that example. That's a really good one. I actually put together a few things on how I knew I was persecuting someone. Um, oh, I love it. Well, before you get there, hold on. Let me just share. Leslie says um, about your story. She says, that's awful. Similar story. Seventh grade, a boy asked me to be his girlfriend. And when I said yes, he said, you're right. Too, or, yeah, right. You're too ugly. Oh, God. Our, our school age years were awful. God. They were. They were so tough. I remember having a conversation with my dad. Um, I would venture to guess I was probably about 14 years old. And I was so down about being made fun of and how I looked. And I remember him turning to me. And it was very kind um, and very gracious. But he's like, just wait until you're like 18, 16 to 18. Like, you're you're beautiful so just give it like a little bit more time it's gonna be okay he was trying to like give me the light at the end of the tunnel because it was so brutal um so yeah it definitely got better <laughs> it got better and i'm glad i didn't peak in middle school or high school right but mm -hmm. um and i think a lot of the things i did have to go through in an in an early age really set me up for the success you know, later on in life, but ooh, ooh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so okay. I was persecuting someone when <laughs> I wanted them to hear me, even if they didn't want to hear me. <laughs> uh. I felt like I was trying to prove a point. I was trying to change someone's mind about something they said or they did. I was attempting to be in control. And I could feel anger, irritation, lack of safety, and lack of approval. Mm, dang, those are good. I know when I've been like, when I know I've been a villain for somebody because the speeding train has run me over and I come out with my claws. Yep. I, I, I completely change my energy and I know that my words and my tone have a bite to it. And I know that there are people today that are like, oh my God, Delisa was so rude or whatever the term is. 
but it's because I felt like I had been run over so many times that I felt like, well, I'm just going to scoop it all, all my power back up and I'm going to throw it right in your face. So that has been a lesson for me. And just like you said, with your example, Lisa, it's like blown it down. And when they show you who they are the first time, believe them and act from that moment rather than letting them back over the train and run you over again and over and over the cycle goes. So yeah, that's how I know I was persecuting somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's the key, right? Is, is we all go into that space and we also have people, you know, who are persecuting us. And so it's really, man, these boundaries, they just keep coming up and it doesn't matter how many times they come up. There's still more to learn. Um, let's see here. Jacqueline says, I was absolutely the villain with my ex-husband and did not get over the divorce until I let that go. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And you know, my ex-husband still doesn't talk. I mean, we've, we've not talked since the day we left the courthouse and I think he's still really angry with me. Um, and it's tough because a lot of this for me, my journey has been managing through relationships with addicts and, and that, that pattern, that pattern's ended, but that pattern, um, put me in the persecutor role a lot. And the hardest thing is stepping out of that role and recognizing that I can't save, I can't continue to be the victim and persecuting isn't going to make them change. And so I would say, I know I'm a persecutor when I want somebody to change and they're not changing. And I can think of, of friendships I've had where I finally got fed up with like how they were behaving and I let it out and then that ruined the friendship. Right. And, um, and that's tough. I mean, that's like a whole other show and conversation is how do you have those difficult conversations with your friends and maintain the friendship? And some of them I've been able to, I mean, some of them, it just works out. And some of them you have to acknowledge, like, it's just not going to connect in this lifetime, you know? And so it's a tough thing. Absolutely. Whew. Yeah. <laughs> hello, Eclipse. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Eclipse. Oh, mercy. Welcome. Okay. <laughs> Oh yeah, we are in some some strange times to be alive, that's for sure. But I think this dreaded drama triangle. So Lisa introduced me to the dreaded drama triangle. And we read this book, the Ted uh dynamic power dynamics, whatever yeah, it's called. Wait here, we've got it. We've got it. Let's see here. Let me go. Here's the empowerment dynamic. Yes. Oh yeah. So Ted the Empowerment Dynamic. So if somebody goes on Amazon and types in Ted, the empowerment dynamic, you'll find the book. It'll take you like two to three hours to read it. This book changed my life. And I have so many of the pages, you know, folded over. <laughs> I might as well have just not folded any pages because I think the whole book is folded at this point, but uh, earmarked pages. But yeah, there's, um, there's a lot to be said about moving out of the dreaded drama triangle, which is the villain, the rescuer, the persecutor. And we wanted to make sure in this episode, the final episode in this series, to let you know, okay, well then how do you get out of the dreaded drama triangle and, and go into the empowerment triangle? So Lisa's got it up here um, on the screen, but there are, in essence, the 
invert of the triangle that's the dreaded drama triangle uh, that is the empowerment triangle so instead of being in the triangle that has the rescuer persecutor victim which you can see on the screen here the the other triangle that you actually want to be in is the creator the coach and the challenger and and there's keywords on the screen here that describes each of these um, I think of it myself as, okay, I recognize I'm in a drama triangle. I don't want to be in the drama triangle anymore. So I need to create, co-create with the universe, the actual intention and outcome that I am seeking rather than being in the drama triangle anymore. So I really resonate with that creator element of the problem solving. But Lisa and I, with our coaching clients, we regularly um, embody the coach aspect and also the challenger aspect to get our clients to look at things differently um, so they can see why they attracted the victim triangle and how they can now, through a set of questions and discovery, um, how they can move into being a co-creator with the universe. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what's important is that Delisa and I both have worked as psychic mediums. We have this like cool thing where we're like the similar age and we both have done the same work. And, and there's a lot of power that you can hold as a psychic medium because you see a lot of things and you get information. And what Delisa and I share is our belief that everyone has the ability to get their own information. And so this coaching practice that we both have is really shifting gears, right? <laughs> We've got that segment coming up, but we're shifting gears into a space where, you know, when we work with you, we're holding sacred space for you to come to your own information. And at the same time, using our gifts to, you know, ask the right questions and to be a challenger and to help you get from one place to the next. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's uh it's definitely helping our clients get to a place within themselves where they reclaim their confidence, their self-worth, um the deep clarity and understanding of what they actually want. Um because I often say with my clients that one of the keys to manifesting what you want is you have you have to have the clarity about what you actually truly want at the end of the day. But if you don't believe you can have it, you will sabotage it every single time. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. We're going to talk about shifting gears in a moment. And uh, I know we have mug shots, don't we? Yes, we do. Well, we have a single singular. So our, oh, okay. our member mug shots, we love our member mug shots and uh, we're all about the mugs on our little morning segments. <laughs> Um, and I just love this picture because it's just so weird. <laughs> it just seems like a good one. Um, but here we go. Oh, I love, oh, look at that. Yeah, the picture is really kind of funny. <laughs> Capricorn. But I think that's a cat that's a Capricorn or a cat with horns. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Uh <laughs> yeah, that's that's amazing. I love our member mug shots and our and our mugs here. I um, know, our, right? How great is it that we both hold these today? That is that is some that's some telepathy right there. I love it. <laughs> yeah, Catherine, when you end up watching this video and seeing your picture on the screen, you gotta let us know the backstory of that mug. But we do love our kitty cats. 
Yeah. Uh, and they are acting like maniacs because of this eclipse energy. <laughs> yeah, Cauldron's been doing she loves to to balance on this banister back here, and it gives me a heart attack because as you know, she's not super graceful. She's fallen a few times. She's like claw clawed her way up from falling in the basement. And that's like she's been doing it all morning. And I'm like, can you just stop? But now she's asleep. She's curled up asleep right now. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's she's a wild, she's a wild kitty cat <laughs> for sure. <laughs> she is. All of our kitties are wild. Yours are wild too. My gosh. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, shifting gears. Are we ready for that? Let's, Let's do, do it. it. <laughs> this needs some cool music. I I needed to have some cool music with that. <laughs> That's all right. I think I think the shifting gears is important because it gives you uh, the viewer a way to actually look at this persecutor energy and start thinking about how you could co-create with the universe. Uh, so as we've mentioned in the previous two episodes as well, for me, I, I find that when you have a piece of paper and a pen and you actually write things out, you can see them a lot more clearly, and then you can like burn them out of your energy field in essence. So this time I want you to really look at the persecutor energy and I want you to ask, how have you been the persecutor and who has been a persecutor for you? So I would suggest one piece of paper and, and listing out the ways that you've been a persecutor and a villain, not to like judge yourself or bash on yourself, but it's more like, oh, I see that I've played this part. And then on the second piece of paper, I would write out the ways that people have done it for you. So looking at both sides of the equation, because I think we all play roles for each other um, to help us evolve and to grow. Uh, that's why we're here on Earth School. And then I also want you to ask yourself, perhaps mm. on a third piece of paper, what are the stories that you're still telling yourself about the persecutor energy to keep yourself safe? Because I've learned with the persecutor energy, at least in the way I've seen it play out, is when we start yelling or or we act out or we shut down and we're we're this villain um or persecutor uh it often comes up in the frequency of safety that okay you've run me over and now here is my big old boundary my big old wall you're not getting anywhere through this and it often shows up in the energy field of people as a way of creating this wall and this boundary around them to keep them safe so that they don't go through it again. Um, but we know that until you really uh, work with somebody who knows what they're doing, like Lisa or myself, you'll probably keep manifesting the victim triangle dynamics in romantic relationships and friendships and who you work with, the kind of company you work for. You'll keep manifesting them until you heal the root of the energy that's causing all of these uh, dreaded drama triangle dynamics. Yeah, 100% agree. All right, well, that's what I had on my agenda. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we need to tell people how we're working with people these days because, um, you know, as Delisa said, really, here's what I find interesting. And again, like Delisa said, this is evergreen content and we're in the middle of an eclipse. And it was the last eclipse season at the end of 2021, where both Delisa and I really 
had our own awakenings and it just happened to be together, which was nice. So we had to talk to about it, but we had our own awakenings to how we were engaging in the dreaded drama triangle and um, really started working through how we want to help people. And so both of us have evolved our practices to be able to support you in a whole new way and using our gifts. And so let's, let's talk about that, Delisa. Like, do you want to share with everybody how you work with people and what you have open right now? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you. So I, I do uh, blend the intuitive insight that I get with clients with transformational coaching. So for my coaching clients, it really is about showing up regularly with me and doing about an hour each time where we look at all these energies, why they're showing up, why you're manifesting them, how do we clear them, um, and how do we manifest the big dreams that you have? I think everything already exists in the quantum field, but we've got to get your energy aligned uh, with that vision and that dream so you can actually grab a hold of it. Um, it really depends on the client. I do free uh, consultations to see if I'm a good fit, if they're a good fit. Um, but generally speaking, um, I have clients that will see huge results within the first few sessions. Um, some clients, if they're really kind of approaching this maybe for the first time or they haven't done this work in a while, sometimes it's you know a couple months we work together. Um, but if it's somebody who's got one thing that they're working on and they really want to put it behind them and heal that part of themselves, usually it's about four sessions. But yeah, I have a couple of spots right now that I can take for for coaching clients. So anybody that would be interested in that, they can go to spiritandspark.com and uh, scroll all the way to the bottom and you'll see a contact page. You can just send me a note through there and um, ask for the coaching application and I can send that over just to see if we're a good mutual fit. And if so, then we'll do a complimentary consultation to have a conversation around it. Um, and yeah, that's, that's what I've got going on. What about you? I love it. Yeah, I have um, similar, I have my sacred creator program and um, I incorporate um, a lot of uh worksheets and tools from both my quantum coaching certification and also um, codependency training. And so for those of you who are really, I would say we can work on anything. And I also, I really specialize on those of you who really want to move out of toxic relationships, both romantic and um, platonic. And um, really be able to move out of this drama triangle and be able to have a healthy relationship with yourself and create a healthy relationship with someone else. And my sacred creator program, um, I do have some openings there as well. Um, I ha I'm about half full, so I've got four or five slots left. Um, and that you can find when you go to my website, you can just go to one-on-one -on -one sessions up in the menu bar and all the information is in there for health and wellness, but you'll also see sacred creator there. I have a special price. So if you are working with me on a monthly basis, it includes um, all of the content and VIP in my portal, which is really important because the um, I have seven video courses in my portal and those actually work in conjunction with the sacred creator program. So um, you have homework and you have things to learn and to work on and to understand and you can open your gifts, but you can also learn how to do the inner work so that when we're doing um, 
the, the conversations and having those coaching conversations, you can actually um, get some additional support from me um, outside of the session as well. So, and same thing. I mean, I, I combine my gifts, um, but I'm really allowing the information that I receive to land and to help guide me in how to, how to ask questions and, and where to guide you and what tools would be helpful versus just giving information. Because I think that 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 is what's disempowering. And it's all about emboldening and inspiring. Amen to all of that. I completely yes. agree. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So make sure you reach out to Lisa and I and, and see what may be the right fit for where you're at in your life. And like we've said, it could be one specific thing you're trying to work on, or it could be that you just see a pattern and you want to take a deeper dive into big sections of your life. So we can definitely accommodate uh, clients that are going through a variety of, of different life challenges and relationship challenges. So beautiful. Uh, is there anything else that we want to add before we close out today? I don't think so. I'll, I'll see you guys at noon on Buddhist Biohacker today. We have Deanna Hansen on from Black Therapy. Always love talking to her. What about you, Delisa? I've got uh, special sessions I'm going to be announcing uh, next week for myself and a couple of the practitioners on my team for Friday the 13th. May Ooh. has a Friday the 13th, so we're going to celebrate that. So make sure you're on our email list at spiritandspark.com so you'll be notified when those special sessions go on sale. Awesome. Well, thank you, Delisa. I love doing this with you. And thank you to everybody who's been watching. Really um, appreciate everybody. And, you know, these three segments are, are here for you guys to really dive in and understand this drama triangle. And um, I look forward to hearing from those of you who want to work with me and, and get connected. So absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> Bye, guys.